Let's talk sport with RTL Today Radio. Kia ora and good in Orvin from Today Radio Studio 4 in Kirschberg, the headquarters of Let's Talk Sport. You're with myself, Nathan Snade. As you know, Scott Brown is with me. He is yeah, across the studio having a chat. I think he's tying a shoelace right now. It's the 20- got Tom's on, mate. I've got, got shoelaces. Oh, the Tom, Tom, Tom's. It's the 28th of June and the weather is a little cool. Cooler than the last week, anyway. Last no, week it was skin's, burning. Skin's getting a rest at the moment. <laughs> exactly. We're show 110, according to you. I thought it was 109, but... 109 and a half. 109 and a half. 110, be sweet. Do you want to... We've got a... Couple of awesome guests and yeah. Do you want to go um, lead them in, Scott? So we've got two guests on this evening. I've got Jeff Bauer, uh, who is a uh, a lunatic. I think is uh, fair to say. Thanks for joining us, Jeff. <laughs> I'm going to second. I'm going to second that, Jeff. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've done some stupid stuff in my time, but I think you top it all, mate. <laughs> Jeff is a. Do I say a pilot or a driver? A skeleton driver? Pilot. Yeah. Skeleton pilot. Skeleton. I love it. Good Look word. At that. Look mm-hmm. at that. You see, did a bit of prep, didn't I? <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going to hear about the, the winter sport of um, of skeleton. And uh, then we're also going to talk to Charlie Bailey-Strong, who's going to open our eyes to the world of sailing. So we're really getting both ends of the spectrum tonight, aren't we? You'd probably fair to say a summer sport and a winter sport, would you think? think it'd be fair. Probably yeah. fair to say. I think you can still sail. In the winter, can't you? Yeah, you get cold, no matter what you get. I mean, cold not, that, in both not that you sports. want to. Can you do? Uh, can you do skeleton in the summer? No, cannot do skeleton. You can't in go. The do, you can't just let the uh, let the old uh, bobsleigh run, <laughs> thaw out and go down on wheels or skate. No, no? no nothing stupid like that. No. That's, a, um, that's a cool accent, Jeff. Where, where, where would where would that be bred from? I was born in Akron, Ohio. Yeah, right. and then uh, at the age of six, moved over here to Luxembourg and lived here a total of about uh, 12 years, um, back to the U.S., and uh, yeah, I've been there ever since. Well, Jeff, we'll come back to you and do the, the crux of the interview. Um, obviously, that's the beauty of Instagram, being able to reach out to guys like this. Um, again, thanks for joining us this evening. Thanks for having me. Um, as always, Nathan, um, you love to start things off with uh, sport and the history in the world today. Yep. What you got for us? What have I got? I got, a, I got a, a little bit. It goes back to 1958, and we're going to talk about the US Open Women's Golf Tournament that happened at Forest Lake. And we had Mickey Wright, who won the first of four Open titles, uh, um, uh, by five shots from Louis Suggs, uh, who was the first player to win the Open and the L, uh, the LPGA in the same year. So very credible feat to Mickey Wright. However, the the player that she led five shots to, Louis Suggs, she was actually a uh, a golfer and founder of um, a founder or one of the founders of the LG, uh, LPGA. So quite credible there. Um, 1975, um, raging PGA Championship winner Lee Treveno. He was his playing partners Jerry Hurd, Bob Nichols, Jim Ardern, and Tony Jacklin. They were struck by lightning at the Western Open, and they all suffered from minor burns. And they all survived. Yeah, what well, minor? Not minor burns. They didn't get. To, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this is an interesting one. 1994. A large one, larger than life. Jonah Lomu became the youngest ever All Black at 19 years and 45 days. Still, still right the youngest All Black. Mm, at 1994, he was. Rico Yuani. I think he was 20 when he made his debut. He must be 1945. 19 years and 45. Yeah. So maybe we'll, I'll, I'll do a double check on. I'll do a double check on that. But in 1994, he was youngest, and uh, as I say, larger than life. One of the greatest, you Scott. Yeah, legend. I mean, you got a video game. 
lame named after you, but certainly... Put world rugby on the map. 100%. Put New Zealand rugby on the map map. as well, didn't he? Really, in terms of the global stage, you know, tearing up at the World Cup and stuff like that. Do you know know rugby, Jeff? A little bit. I played. I actually also lived a year in England and played some uh, rugby when I was there and a little bit at at university. uh, So you've heard of Jonah Lomu? I have not, though. No, I've not heard of Joan Lomu. Criminal. criminal. That is criminal offence. One of the greatest That's the first, players first of black all mark, time. First black mark against your name, then. <laughs> um, 1980, the South African Springbok team, led by Moron Duplessis, beat the British and Ireland's... Mornay. 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 Mornay Duplessis beat the British Lions 12-10 in Port Elizabeth to lead the Series 3-0. So if you are a... Uh, British Lions fan, you're uh, probably not happy to hear that. A good old tonking in 1980. Couple of birthdays, Scott. Yeah, 1979, Jimmy Spittle, 48, Australian sailor. You know, um, very appropriate considering we're going to have a sailor on ourselves yes. later on. And then Elaine Thompson, hurrah, Jamaican sprinter, Olympic gold, 100, 200 in 2016 and 2020. Uh, born in uh, Manchester, Jamaica. The NFL is also mourning the loss of former pro Ryan Mallett, who drowned on Tuesday uh, in Florida, unfortunately. Yeah. He was a star in college and he played for the Arkansas Razorbacks. In 2011, he was selected in the third round of the NFL draft by the New England Patriots. He played seven years in the NFL for the Patriots, the Texans and the Ravens. After his career, he was engaged as a coach at a high school. Um, a number of uh, NFL players and teammates have chipped in to express their condolences, including Tom Brady and JJ. They had lost to the what? NFL. Absolutely. Um, well, Jeff, uh, first of all, let's just give this some context. Um, as always, we, we, we make it our, I guess, our, our point to try and um, get people from as many different sports as we can from all over the world and uh, all these different um, disciplines. And the beauty of Instagram is it's very easy to, to reach out and have a little creep and a stalk and uh, get into some messages. And, you know, again, thanks for joining us. I know you were on a visit to Poland and... Um, I've managed to fit it in, but just to give uh, the um, this a bit of context. So Jeff is a skeleton pilot. Skeleton are those, I don't want to say idiots, okay, but they're definitely those lunatics who lie in their front and go down as fast as they can down the bobsleigh run. Now, I'm trying to think what I would compare this to, but this, for some reason or another, <laughs> reminds me of Christmas. About 20 years ago, um, we were in Scotland, obviously lots of snow in Scotland, <laughs> and we were sledging um, up a place in Newton Moor, which is up you know, up in the Highlands in Scotland, and you, you go down and whatever you can get your mitts on. It could be black plastic bag it could be a tray from the kitchen you know whatever if it's got a smooth service we'll have a crack on it so we're going down the fairly fairly gentle stuff next thing you know these four lads are hiking to the top of this hill with a canoe oh brilliant and you're like well let's see where this goes gent sure enough they all uh, get into it and mate they go down and they ain't stopping they go straight through the uh, you know the wire fence at the bottom and crash through somebody's um, <laughs> fence into the garden and stuff and then yeah get up and have another go have another you know go. so is it very much like that if you uh, just go as fast as you can if you come off just get up and do it again pretty much exactly like that yeah, yeah I've been lucky enough that I have I've never come off my sled I've been close I've crashed and I've held on to it with one hand and managed to pull myself back on but I haven't completely lost lost the sled but I've had some pretty uncomfortable moments out there yeah yeah i bet i mean i guess the, the that, way that means brown underwear yeah <laughs> <laughs> don't wear them huh? don't wear white stuff um 
I mean, you they, they call it skeleton because in 1882, so I'm told, English soldiers created a sport as a variation of tobogganing and sledging, which features a serpentine score, um, serpentine course that is twisted and curved, kind of like a skeleton. But how the hell do you get into something like this? Because it's very, you know, it's almost one of those sports where if your dad does it or somebody in your family does it, then you naturally progress into it. But yeah, can you? Yeah, that's a very good, very good question. In a lot of nations, it is like that with uh, sliding nations like Germany or um, Austria, a um, lot of uh, um, generational sliding, but it's also very common um, f- for skeleton to be a second or third sport. So, like, for example, in, in uh, the United States um, and uh, Canada and the, and actually most other nations, everybody's done another sport. Like we were speaking about earlier, uh, Great Britain, the number one slider in the world right now, w- was a former rugby player. Um, there's uh, uh, some women that I know that used to do ballet. Um, in the United States, a lot of uh, former track, track and field athletics athletes. So A bit like the cool running stories, I'm guessing. Uh, a little bit like that, yeah, yeah, a little bit like that, yeah. It's cool, yeah. But what's what's your background in sport before you? Because you took this up about sort of ten, twelve years ago, is that right? Yes. Yeah. And so, what were you doing before then? Yeah, it's. Uh, I can give you a very long answer, but I've been an athlete my my whole life. And when I when I moved to Luxembourg at the age of six, I started playing field hockey for the European school, and then I started playing basketball for the local school local uh, clubs here. And then I played uh, basketball for my high school. I played on the junior national basketball team for Luxembourg. I played uh, soccer or football for the uh, international school here in Luxembourg. Um, and then when I went back to, uh, to the United States for university, uh, my plan was to play basketball in college, but I kind of uh, have a way of uh, being drawn to new sports and new challenges, and I'd never played American football before, and um, I played one year of basketball, and I was like, I think I want to try American football. So I switched, i never played it before, and uh, I played three years of American football, and it was a great experience. I love I love the training and the weightlifting and the sprinting, and uh, my final year there was a um, uh, nice accomplishment for me. But to become a starter on the on the team was great, having never played before. And then uh, after um, university, um, I felt a little lost because it was the first time where I wasn't doing a sport attached to a, or I wasn't performing any sport, and I just started going to the gym and training. And but I didn't have any anything attached to it. And um, I fell in love. Uh, one thing led to another, and I fell in love with triathlon. I'd never swam before, um, didn't have any endurance uh, backgrounds or anything like that. So, um, but I, I just uh, got into it. I loved the the learning and the progression, and became a swimmer, a biker, and a runner. And um, uh, I was drawn to the Ironman distances. So I did. Uh, See uh, what I mean? Lunatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, keep going. This is incredible. I did the. Um, I think six iron six Ironmans and I don't know maybe fifteen halves or so. Um, I did a half Ironman World Championships and I really wanted to go to the full Ironman World Championships and I got close once. Where's that? You, is that, in Co- is that in, where's that out in Kona? Kona. Kona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that, that was one my goal. I didn't quite miss it by one spot at an Ironman in two thousand. I remember four or five or something like that. But um, then. Uh, um, yeah, that, it just kind of felt like that chapter was closing and I concentrated a little bit on, uh, bicycle racing and cyclocross and, and then, then, uh, my personal life was going through some, some changes and I, um, um, 
just uh wanted to become a daredevil <laughs> but did you was it, was it literally a case of you lived next to the i lived next to a track but yeah. i never really paid much attention to yeah. the track until um i was like i, I really want to do something completely different and it really wasn't a conscious decision to do something different i just i saw an advertisement that hey you could you know go learn skeleton and it just it yeah it wasn't a conscious decision i just felt it all over my body i'm just like i, I have to do this i really want to do this just goosebumps everywhere and was that at a time where skeleton was starting to become popular uh, or mm, it was that was in t- when i first uh started dabbling in it was 2010 11 time frame it was on the on the rise 2002 was the first time i'd been in the olympics um for a long time it was in the 1900s it was in the olympics and then it stopped for i don't know 60 70 years yeah in 2002 they they reintroduced it safety grounds probably so. yeah, yeah. I don't doubt yeah. it mate. don't doubt it yeah. bit of health and safety um, um, what a cv i mean we've come we've had what we've had 109 athletes in here but no one's got a cv quite like yeah, yeah. We I, mean, just, I, thinking, I was just sat listening being like geez yeah just keep just keep okay, going we've got, boss, we've, got keep david, going. we've got david harrison who's been in the studio a couple of times i mean loves his cycling loves his squash loves his uh motorsport I mean, this guy loves everything, but I don't, he's got—he hasn't got a CV. He's not, so, not as half as yours. Man. Let's, you know, as, what you'll find is this will jump around. Yeah, I like how we've yeah, yeah. sort of followed some sort of chronological order here, but that's <laughs> going out the window now. So, obviously, you've—I'll um, I'll simplify this. You've seen the flyer. You'd be like, "Yes." You go and speak to Bilbo Baggins up at the track. Mm-hmm. You go up, and he goes, "Right, there's your kit, there's your helmet, there's your boots, there's your what do you call it, sled?" Yeah, sled. And yeah. he puts you on, and he just. He gives you a little yeah. nudge and be like, yeah. hopefully see you at the bottom, lad. Th- that is very much what it's like. We start a little bit lower on the track. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not on the steep pits. Yeah. You, you get on, they fit a sled to you and start a little bit lower down the track. And they, they do that. You get a little kick in the butt to get to get the sled moving yeah. and off you go. And then you gradually progress up, up the track and that's how you learn. And that's we still do that these days when we go learn a new track. If it's a very difficult track, even though I've been sliding and competing now for 10 years, I'll still do that, but there yeah. is a, this. this well, so just go halfway, halfway up the track. Yeah, and if just it's do a that, difficult then. track to learn it, you know, and not be so much pressure off the top. You know, yeah, and some tracks are are dangerous. So, well, I've, <laughs> I've I've obviously had a creep on your on some of the stuff you got on Instagram, and there is one picture where you're up over sort of I know this ni- 90, yeah. 90 degrees, and mm-hmm. it does it happen very quickly, or yeah. or or does it like oh mama? When this happens, yeah, you 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 feel yourself go weightless, and you know what's going to happen, yeah. which is, I don't know if you saw the next picture, but I was slammed into the wall on the opposite side. Yeah, yeah that, that corner is number 15 in Thunderbird, in Thunderbird or at Whistler, the, the corner is called Thunderbird. And if you go into this corner on the wrong side, going 137 kilometers an hour, this is what happens. So I can tell from this picture that I had the wrong line. Yeah. That's the consequence of a bit of a... Uh, uh, what do you call it? A bit of reflection there, you know, a <laughs> bit of video, video analysis. Yeah, yeah. So, again, well, I guess it's like, yeah, I don't want to say learning to run or learning to walk, but, you know, obviously as the confidence gets up, you get more confident, you try and you try and go faster as you go on these things. And it's one of those, it's, it's interesting that you've obviously taken it up a little bit, you know, later in your, in your life, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, just, yeah, just go as fast as you can. And is it, you know, in terms of your own training, presumably it's all about generating as much power for that. Uh, how long do you get to push off? Two and a half, three seconds, is it? And then that's that's you and it's... Yeah, the, the start is, is very important. So uh, in the off-season, that's all we train is uh, for sprinting and mobility. 
because you have to sprint bent over pushing the sled and yeah. the faster you're going at the beginning the the better chances you have so it, yeah it's a very explosive uh, push at the beginning and then a dive onto the sled what's the fastest speed uh, 137 and a half kilometers and 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 tell me honestly bricking it not bricking it uh, not breaking it. No. You're not breaking it. <laughs> I tell you, I tell you, it's cool all right. If you're cool, on the, cool, cool as a cucumber. If you're, if you're on the straight, it'd be all right. But I say going around those big bends. So you do know? you generate? Do you generate power when you come off the bend? When you when you come down off the bend? Yeah, there's or? some corners where you can get a little push off the corners, like a little bit of an acceleration. So you have to drive them correctly. Come off, go into the corner correct, out of the corner correct, and you'll get generate a little bit of a but, snap. Yeah. yeah. And and that's done by how leaning forward, leaning back to the left, to the right. What are we doing here? Um, driving is done with a uh, with your head with a uh, movement of the head. Um, that's the most sensitive steer. Then the shoulders would be your second um, uh, most uh, hard, harder steer, and then knees. And then if you're in emergency, you need to do a re- harder steer. You uh, put a toe. Put a toe down. I'd be digging both toes in. I tell you that yeah, for nothing. Yeah. When uh, so with spikes. Just just, to, <laughs> just just again to bounce back to to sort of learning how to do it. So you've gone. You've given a little push. You've gone down, and the guy said, "Okay, now to help with your turning, just tilt your head a little bit, and you sort of learn that. And I guess you just build on that foundation. Exactly. You keep adding, adding, and adding to it. Exactly. But how many? You know, if you're going, uh, you know, when you first started, you know, you, do you spend an hour up there? Do you spend a couple hours up there? Or how does it, how <laughs> do you, good question. how do you, so how do you manage skeleton it? Skeleton is, uh, it takes a long time to learn because you go to a track and you're going to do two, three runs a day and that's it. So 50 seconds times two, that's your training. And then you come back the next day and you do it. So the learning curve is is uh, is very very slow. It takes a long long time to uh, yeah. get the feel for it, learn a track, and then when you go to a brand new track, it's the same type of a uh, learning curve. But you get good at finding things in common between between tracks. So if you learn when you start when you've learned a handful of tracks, it start it gets e- the learning curve starts to accelerate a little bit. But yeah, would it be like a hydro slide in regards? Do you want it? You want a little bit of beef on to gain momentum <laughs> yeah there used to be uh up until um 2018 uh no weight limit um with for your body you just had to have a minimum weight sled and your body could be whatever but now uh since 2018 onwards the ibs the skeleton federation put a weight limit on where your body plus your sled can't exceed yeah 119 is to level try and level the yeah, okay. I remember yeah. watching a video. This about sounds really bad. Watching a video, and I want to say it was this this big girl from Belgium. Um, and I don't know if you've seen the video I'm talking about, but mate, um, she slammed pretty hard because obviously you're going so fast. You know there has to be an element of control. I don't actually think it was skeleton. It might have been. Is the luge where you sit on your on your back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But mate, that it was a big old. Uh, what would you what would you Big go for? Slam. Lose your skeleton? Dunno. I I think it'd be <laughs> I don't know why this pops into my head, but you you'd, you'd get onto it and you'd be like, Well, oh, this isn't that bad and then it's like you know, you get out and you're like, How fast was it going? Like, you were going twenty miles an hour, boss, so uh, don't worry about it. But are you you know, you get going and obviously you're focused and stuff, but at some point you're like, you know, oh that's a bit sketchy the old, that the old, one. The old, the old sort of sort of keep going and and, and, and crack on with it there but um you had a, a decent result in 2021 where you finished 31st 
Oh, the world, the world championships. Mm-hmm. I mean, for for taking it up so late, that's that's you know very commendable. So. Where where were the world championships? Uh, that year they were in Whistler. Whistler. Oh, mate. And that's your, and and do you have a favourite track? Yeah, I would probably say uh, Koningsee in Germany, um, Altenburg in Germany, uh, Lillehammer, Norway. I, I really I really like those those tracks. Yeah, the tech. I really like technical tracks, and those are those are technical ones. Yeah. And do you you know when you're when you go for your event? Um, and again, we spoke about this before the show, but it's not just a case of your going to do your event here is it the whole almost i don't want to say mini olympics but a lot of the disciplines you know like the bobsleigh the loose the skeleton the alpine skiing and stuff are they do they tend to do the rounds together or are you sometimes on your own for that sort of thing uh, bobsled and skeleton make the rounds together but luge is a separate federation and they're on a different tour different times and same with uh, down the alpine but yeah so bobsled and skeleton are together we're under one fe- same federation yeah very very good um so am, am i right in thinking that you did previously qualify for the Olympics in 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the old paperwork didn't come through <laughs> in time. From from the luck from, side of from, things. From, from, from our... Yeah. Oh. We always joke around and say, if Usain Bolt rocked up to Luxembourg, he'd get a passport <laughs> in about 15 minutes, wow. wouldn't he? You didn't get it in time and you qualified. Gutting, gutting, gutting. So when are the next World Championships then? Uh, next World Championships are in uh, Winterberg next year, and the Olympics are in uh, Milano Cortina in twenty twenty six. So twenty twenty six. So that's a that's a goal. You want to have a crack at that? Can sure. is it Brilliant. is it is it? Brilliant. Do you have to hit a you know a I guess a a certain time to do it, or is it based on your placings and how close to the Winter Olympics can you actually qualify for something? Do you have to do it in the year leading up to it, or could you? you know, clock out a time two years in advance to for you yeah, to qualify? It's, um, by ranking, and it's the year of the Olympics is the qualification season, and by ranking, yeah. So but I guess it's one of those things where you want to, you, you'd love to have a go at the track there to see what it's actually like, but then also you could need to look adv- in advance and, you know, look what tracks that you're going to be, be doing. But you're just saying out. that most of your races or that you enjoy would, are in Europe, yes. right? So yeah. it's, so it's going to be a bit costly for you to keep traveling over to europe to get to the to the events do the does the government support you or do the, mm-hmm. does the, yeah. the federation support you i get some great uh support from the sports ministry and i'm on the causal elite squad i get some uh fantastic uh funding support from them and it's been an amazing partnership and really i mean that it means so much to me to have have a i mean to be on the with causal and the, yeah. the sports ministry and this federation it's amazing so I, I get some good some good support but i also work remotely while i'm gone um and that helps bridge the gap give the flexibility mm-hmm. yeah and the flexibility yes i couldn't do it also without my work because <laughs> they're very supportive and let yeah. me work work uh remotely while i'm gone and of course the family also so, <laughs> so you, just jumping back a little bit but when you you obviously got into it and presumably you've got someone who's helped coach you um, and, and shown you the, I guess, for lack of a better way of putting it, the, what do you say, the runs, the ropes? ropes. I don't know what you say, but um, yeah, who would, who would that be? Sorry. That's a good question. So, um, yeah, so my first, up until last year and last season, season before, um, it sounds crazy and it is, um, but didn't really have a full-time coach of my own. Um, 
Sometimes uh, the IBSF would would provide a coach for nations that didn't have a coach. It's a very expensive sport, especially to to take a coach with you and travel around. Um, so I would rely on the IBSF coaches, but it's which was good. But to really get to that next level, it's great to have you know to ha- have a consistent coach. I mean, there were times where um, I'd go to a track um, not not during a race week and want to train there, and I didn't have anybody. I'd slide alone, take videos, send it to you know, somebody and, Hey, look at my lines. Or I would, uh, um, this worked really well in Corning's a, I, you know, I found a retired, uh, skeleton athlete and phoned him up and said, Hey, come out and coach me. And, uh, that, that was fantastic. You know, so it's gotta be creative. Um, but last year and the season before, um, had a partnership with the Austrian team, which was amazing. And, uh, yeah, it made a huge difference having a, a consistent coach and from a coach who, um, absolutely loves to coach and it, it, we have, have a great relationship and really hoping to continue that. And what's funny is, you know, we talk about my age, but he coaches the youth Austrian team. So I'm with the youth Austrian team at this, you know, Brilliant. 49 years old and I'm just one of the, one of the youth. One of the guys, yeah. Do you get <laughs> cool gra- gramps, pops or whatever? Pops. pops. Yeah. You get yeah. cool pops. Oh, well, that's quite, that's quite common. There's a lot of athletes and, 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 well, I would think of squash in particular, where you, where a lot of the players during the tournament are making their phone calls mm. after their matches and getting all the or getting all the analysis, getting all the information okay, that cool. they, they possibly possibly need. So it's quite common that uh, mm-hmm. athletes do that and use a, use a number of coaches as well mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the more information you you, mm-hmm. you can get from different eyes and different mm-hmm. you know everyone specialises slightly differently, communicates differently. Just I don't want to sound too negative when I say this, but are there times when you're you know if you're going down and you said you've take you've taken a big slam, um, is it just get back up there and you'll be like nah, let's just chill the beans and get the heart rate down a little bit before you go out there or. You know, does it play on your mind? If, it plays on the mind, yeah. yeah. There, there's one one example in particular, um, Lake Placid. I had a um, a training day, and I took uh, a pretty pretty bad crash, and uh, yeah, my leg had a had a gouge in it down to the shin bone, and it I, I my leg my leg went up onto the wall of the track and hit the track, and I and it slid down at 110 kilometers an hour and opened up my my uh, leg. And that was my first training run, and uh, I had a had a really good coach, a Latvian. They they have a really good uh, sliding history, and I uh, had a Latvian coach, and that uh, got to the top and showed her my leg, and I was fully expecting her to say, "Hey, uh, no, just uh, we'll do this tomorrow." But um, she, um, I didn't have, I don't have a travel with a doctor, but she approached a. Uh, um, the German team who had a doctor and said, <laughs> stitch hey, this bad boy up. Huh? <laughs> yeah, this is what happened. She said, uh, can we, bar- can you, uh, wrap him up? And, uh, so she wrapped up my leg and she said, go, you know, do, you gotta this, make do, down do this your run. second run. She's like, you gotta, you gotta get this out of your head. And, 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 uh, and, you know, I went, I did, I did the run. If it wasn't for her pushing me that, that day, I, I, I don't know if I would. And then if you go, if you go back to like Placid now, do you be like, yep, yeah, slam there. It's almost uh, like, I still have the video <laughs> yeah. to my mates, you know, but, but it, it did. It stayed. That crash stayed in me for for a long time. Yeah. And I'd have to say it probably did affect my my the the season after. And it really wasn't until I got back with the Austrian team and uh, I started feeling that that confidence again. And uh, f- you know, one with my sled and sliding. But I, I was uh, 
Yeah, that, that messed with me a little bit. <laughs> it's almost neckers, neckers of steel. Yeah, like. yeah, neckers balls of steel, steel mate. And it, it's almost like uh, if you go out, um, if you ever get caught speeding, and you know you've been caught speeding, you'll never forget where you get caught speeding. Yeah, absolutely. It's not all serious, mate. Nathan's just popped out. He's going to go and grab Charlie, um, but we'll continue on with things here. It's not all serious, mate. Um, but in terms of in terms of like you're you're getting down to the bottom of the track. How long are we talking? You say fifty seconds, sixty seconds. Uh, it depends is it? on the track. Yeah, short track, fifty seconds. A long track like Saint Moritz a minute and 10 seconds yeah yeah just depends on the track everyone's different which is great um and this is one question we, we've got a couple of fun questions we always ask our guests we'll finish on those but being the only skeleton pilot in luxembourg do you actually get a say in designing the kit oh yeah yeah, yeah for sure yeah oh. just to just design it myself <laughs> yeah brilliant that's yeah. always the best bit as you're a youngster you know getting to design your own kit and stuff like that <laughs> yeah. so that's, that's awesome to hear mm-hmm. um tell me this if you were training in the gym would you pull your socks up or would you wear them down i, I wear them down oh down nathan <laughs> i don't know about that but I, don't, I wear short socks they don't even go oh the little ankle down. socks yeah. like sit below the ankle <laughs> oh okay okay can't all be perfect mate um and this is one we we love to we build up a little bit but part of the, the nature of a lot of sports these days is to try and get the crowd involved so when they do they just announce you is it like Jen this is Jeff Bauer number I don't know 28 from Luxembourg and you get your cheer and is, is it is, is it basically like that yeah it's basically like that except the world at world championships last year uh, my final run this was yeah, he announced my name and said, Jeff Bauer is 48, 49 years old. And that got the crowd going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit more. <laughs> but um, do you, if, if if they changed it, so let's say they changed the World Championships this year and they try and drag it out a bit and they let you pick a piece of music or a soundtrack to, uh, I guess, to walk up to the top of the ramp to, what music would you pick? Oh, man, I have so many songs that make, make that get me so, so uh, fired up. But... Um, uh, for like jukebox hero has always been a theme song for skeleton for for some for some reason yeah uh, by, by foreigner and it's it's a song that when we first moved to luxembourg that album was very popular and we were listening to it in the car to and from school all the time and i just associate that song with luxembourg and and now racing again for luxembourg it's just uh that's one of the ones that gets me gets goosebumps and chills everywhere and i can yeah get all fired up and go so in fact they played that song for me oh really in uh at world championships in uh Koenigsee and I can't remember the year but I, I requested that they play that song and I was going down the track and they, they played it for me oh so. unreal, unreal I mean that's that's the thing we're sort of we're sort of naive to the setup because we always talk about the walkout music with boxing or the UFC mm. or as I say every week Nathan complains and never talk about the darts you know with that sort of thing um, but um, and then the, the last question which I'm probably going to answer for you if we had um, a big meet up with all the guests we had on the show, would you rock up in the full, the full lycras and the helmet, <laughs> or do you have a favourite sporting sporting attire from from any any of your previous experiences or anything? Mm, I, I don't really, but just oh, have you like, got you, you know the one where you cut your leg? Did it actually cut the oh yeah, the leg? It, it went through the the suit and into my you know all the skin was gone Oof, down to the mate. down to the. I still have that suit. It's got yeah. blood all over. I could wear that one. Yeah, there you go. That's, it's a great conversation start. I'd be like, what happened to your leg? You'd be like, well, now there's a there's a story. Um, Jeff, it's been absolutely amazing. I mean, this is also the problem with this that we only get, you know, when you've got half an hour to chat to you about this sort of thing. But please stay in uh, in communication with us and we'll absolutely um, follow your journey. Very, very interesting. Um, 
and you know hopefully you can kick on to 2026 I mean it's going to roll around quickly isn't it um but yeah what's next on the agenda you in your this is your off season now presumably is it off season but uh just full of training yeah and then when when does the I guess when is there is there a weekend when the season officially starts uh I saw the calendar I don't haven't picked a specific weekend but we can get on ice as early as middle September in Lillehammer I think I saw um Octoberish, but for sure October. Probably Austria. Go yeah. there and, and get with the get with the youth team. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, with the with the youth. Yeah, absolutely. And when you're when you're traveling, so you're traveling over from the US, big bag, and does the sled go in the bag and all the kit? And I mean, are they they're quite light, are they? Presumably, it's brutal. Yeah, I have uh, travel with three, well, two fifty kilo, or sorry. Two twenty-five kilo, twenty-four kilo bags. Yeah, and the sled is um, around thirty-three kilos. Oh, really? So it is. It is. It's bloody heavy then. Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of a. So it's not the sort yeah. of thing you can carry on as hand luggage in case you lose it. Sort of hey, Tell me this: Have you had any drama losing luggage on the way to events or anything before? <laughs> Touch wood, huh? On, yeah, I've been. I've been good, but it happens. It happens. Yeah. 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 And in terms of the guys you you compete against, are they all? Is it a good friendly mm-hmm. friendly bunch? You're very receptive. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah it's. it's uh, I think it's one of the big uh, draws of sport, isn't it? I mean, you, you told us about your sporting journey earlier, where you've um, you've obviously, I guess, been both sides of the fence in terms of those individual sports and obviously mm-hmm. playing involved in with those uh, with those team sports. But I was going to ask, are there any arseholes or guys you don't get on with or anything <laughs> like that? Get along with everybody, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> just a good guy, just a good guy. Um, yeah, well, Jeff, as I said, thank you very, very um, much. We've just been joined by Charlie, so I'm going to throw you in at the deep end, mate. Good to see you. Hey, how you doing? Um, stick on, you stick on the headphones, Thanks. boss, um, and then you should be able to hear it nice oh, and okay, nice yeah. and clean. Look at that, um, well Jeff, Charlie, Hello. Charlie, nice Jeff. You. Jeff's yeah. a lunatic. He's he uh, does He's skeleton. <laughs> skeleton. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Those lunatic. Yeah. If you just pull the mic just a fraction close, yeah, you can just pull it forward. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. There you go. Can hear it clear. I actually know Charlie before. I used to bring the little ones to uh, to little lions as well. So shout oh, out little lions, go. yeah. If yeah. you uh, want to get your kids active at the weekend, we're on a break. Got lots so of they're summer. They're certainly active because they're, they're they're running around you, in the lounge just now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Charlie, we um, we obviously uh, crossed paths quite a few times uh, over the last couple of years, but then um, I was having a bit of a nosy, um, and I saw this name that looked very familiar. For the uh, squad for the, the the games of the small state in uh, in Malta. Malta. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, how firstly, how did that go? It was great. Yeah, really, really good, really enjoyable. Um, great competition. It was yeah, as you say, the games of the small states of Europe. It's nine small countries in Europe uh, competing, and yeah, it was sailing. Normally, I'm watching people sailing, and this time I jumped in the boat and had a go myself to see if I could do it again. And yeah, I was uh, ninth out of eighteen. Or so different different nations. So oh, it was good fun. Yeah, but I need a bit more practice. It turns out to. Uh, this is this is the funny thing. So I've obviously would say hello to you. I actually remember bumping into you a couple of Christmases ago up at the ice skating yeah, in yeah, uh, yeah. in the city, and it's something that it never occurred to me. But is that your your? So you are a, a sailing coach. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. I know it's the most ironic thing, isn't it? I, I, I chatted to a friend yesterday and he was like, it's like you're selling ice to the Eskimos. You know, you're living in Luxembourg, a lot yeah. country in Europe. So you came, yeah, you came, to, you came to Luxembourg knowing that there was uh, bugger all water around. <laughs> I didn't even know where Luxembourg was, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's part, part of Germany, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I put it in Google Maps and I was like, yeah. oh, that's where it is. Yeah, we've, yeah. Got a river and a, we've got a river and a lake. But do, do, you do, do you go up on the lake up in, the, in the north? Yeah, we, yeah. yeah, we were there at the weekend. We, I took the so you know not being a pushy parent at all, but I have put my daughter into a sailing camp. Yeah. And uh, he's well prepped, mate. I've given him all the questions already, you know. So, <laughs> so they they got into that this weekend up at Essersure. Brilliant. Um, and yeah, got them out and in a little, little Optimus. It's a one person little kids boat. It's basically like a bathtub um, with a sail. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My seven year old. Uh, yeah, it turns out she didn't like sailing by herself. Um, she <laughs> Understandable, thought, it's seven years old. Yeah, she thought sailing with dad was good fun, though. So yeah. well, I, we jumped in a little 14-foot boat, and I took the kids out, and they were, I took, like, you know, it was like the Pied Piper. I had, like, four of the kids out in the boat with me and cruising up and down the lake. Great fun. It, with, weather, with weather like we've been having, must be yeah. wonderful. Yeah, well, it's 32 degrees, and it yeah. perfect, wasn't it? You yeah. Know, jump in the water and cool. Was, it, was, there, was there enough wind there to, to push you around? Yeah, unfortunately with lakes like that, the wind comes from one direction and then it comes from the opposite direction. And so that's why my daughter didn't really understand sailing herself. She said, well, dad, it comes from this way and now it comes from this way. And I was like... That's, that's just yeah. like sailing. It's like the, uh, if you ever watched uh, Master and Commander Russell Crowe, he's like, I can, harness, I can harness the wind, but I'm not its goddamn creator, you know? <laughs> so you just said the, the boat, the, yeah. the, the bathtub with a sail, is a, called an op- Optimus. Optimus. Yeah. What's the difference between an optimist and a laser? So the Optimus is, is like a learn-to-sail uh, kind of boat. It's what the kids get into when they're kind of that Well, age, people like seven. us, Nathan, that's yeah. what we get into, I think. <laughs> You're a bit big for it, man. Yeah. You know, okay. I did jump in the front with my daughter the other day, but we started going towards the bottom of the ocean quickly well okay. the bottom of the lake, the lake. so uh, whereas the laser is is a big it's a 13 foot boat but still one person one sail and it's for adults or growing up well anything from a kind of 15 year old upwards really you're um, a tall fella how do you get, I mean you must have, yeah. you, have, you, have you hit the noggin Many times, many yeah. times. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll blame that. And they say rugby's, yeah. they say rugby's a dangerous sport, don't yeah. they? Yeah. Um, well, ironically, I got my worst injury from sailing, and I used to do a lot of rugby at the time, but I sliced my toe open really badly sailing, and I uh, thought, well, let's see. What, why is this such a dangerous yeah. compared to rugby, where it's all concussions? And, yeah, well, plenty. There must the be a few on. blokes knocked themselves out on... Hitting yeah. the hitting the cell, surely. Yeah, yeah they, it's called the boom, the thing that hits you, because it. Oh, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a session on the old terminology here in a minute. We'll throw some words at Nathan here, which should be good. We're good luck. Yeah, many, um, many times on the head. Yeah. Are you so at the moment you're working with the Belgian Sailing Federation? Yeah, a combination actually. I've got Belgium and Finland now. Um, uh, yeah, so we started a cooperation this year uh, between the two nations. A lot of lot of teams in the line of work I do coaching olympic sailing there's a lot of the smaller nations or people with less it might be it might be the same for you as well they, they team up and split costs so it, when you go to events all the costs are shared between the two different nations so like belgium's got one guy in the boat which i'm i'm coaching and finland's got three and then they're but they work sort of separately or with different coaches and groups so and obviously they're targeting paris next year yes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, so, um, exactly. Yeah, that's, I mean, the goal of everything is the Olympics, yeah. yeah. That's the big thing. And is uh, is that on the Luxembourgish agenda as well, to bring sailing into the... Yourself, it, mate, you're going to have to... Table? It, it would be great, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I did sort of toy with the idea, but it does put me out of a job if I go for it. So <laughs> it was yeah. a bit of a... Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I did try to go... For, I was part of the British uh, team campaigning for 2004 and 2008, but... Um, 
yeah, it didn't make it. There's only one person goes per country, per boat. So um, it's not like running, you know, it's not like athletics or swimming where it's like a time, yeah. you know, and if you, so like, say Jamaica, get four guys into the hundred metres because they've They got, can run the time or whatever. Yeah. Oh, exactly. that's very interesting. So you've obviously, we, we, we spoke about it, the laser, that's one discipline. So what other disciplines have you got in that, in, I guess, in that sailing yeah, so, bracket. Yeah, so there's there's ten different classes at the Olympics. Um, there's a laser, and then there's the girls have uh, a laser as well, but it's got a smaller sail. So like our sail is seven point two meters size, and the girls is five po- is six point five. Yeah, and then there's a two windsurfers, a boys and a girls. Yeah, two kite surfing, um, which is that if you've seen that, it's a hydrofoil that comes up out of the water and you hold onto a big kite. Uh, then there's a 470 mixed, and then which is a two-person boat, and then a catamaran. So it's the bit, it's the, it's the two in the, the water, thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so yeah, you you're, you're not on a cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, I mean, they don't do well in the water, do they? I mean, that's that's pretty. <laughs> I'm it, not sure either. So it's <laughs> it's pretty savage, say you know the in terms of the competitiveness, because you've got to be, you've essentially got to be the the best person. It's not like you know you can take your team and and run a time and take a few quick. Mm-hmm guys or girls or forever it's um it might be so um, it does make yeah it's very interesting because like some classes some countries have a lot of very good people right so recently it's been more difficult to win the the australian nationals or the british nationals than it was to win the olympics because yeah. they had four guys in the top 10 and well it's almost like when we talk about just bouncing back over to you jeff you know when you talk about in the states and stuff like this and you're reading about guys in college who are running sub 10 seconds for the 100 meters and aren't getting a sniff of the uh the um the olympic teams jeff we obviously um talked about your lengthy cv is sailing on that cv have you ever done it before you're a crazy dad, dude my, jeff my dad used to race lasers Oh really? Yeah, ah, yeah. He's cool. yeah. We used to own one uh, when I was really small, but yeah, yeah he used to race them. Did yeah. you stop when you got hit on on the noggin? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Where else was yeah. that? Where, where? That was in Ohio. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So um, it's the classic. Everyone. Uh, there's two hundred twenty thousand in the world. I think of these boats. So they're they're everywhere. Mm, they're yeah. always on beaches. You know, mm-hmm. you see them all over the place. Yeah. I mean, I think about it. If if it's if, if it's the one I'm thinking of, ways to do it in the scouts back in the day. And the best bit is when you flip them over because then you stand on the. Uh, yeah. What's it called? The dagger board, dagger, is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah look right. at that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been flip it and flip it over, yeah. mate. Yeah. <laughs> Bloody, bloody bloke. <laughs> Do you not know what that means, Nathan? Yeah. He's been doing um, research. <laughs> Obviously, uh, where are you from? Devon, originally. Uh, it has to be from the coast. Yeah, not quite that far along. I'm Southampton, Hampshire. Oh, so okay. It's, it's uh, a bit further east yeah. than Devon. Southampton, so you still Southampton's have a, a big, big, big surfing spot, isn't it, down there? Oh, not big surfing, big sailing spot. Oh, you'd have, there, a, few, you'd have a, sh- a few ships to dodge down that way as yeah. well, wouldn't you? I mean, it's in a yeah, shipping port. Yeah, well, Southampton and Portsmouth are big um, commercial. Well, the Navy's based out of Portsmouth, yeah. and then all the like the cruise liners. Well, the yeah. Titanic left from Southampton, yep. um, and and then there's a lot around there. And then Devon is where I, I went to university in in Devon. That's Exeter, so that's a big sailing. Had any fun with them with the ships? Nice. Close calls. Sydney Harbour's the worst for that. If you, I mean, we've done, just, we've, boats everywhere there. Yeah, isn't there? we've done events there, and when we were on the the chase boat we're supposed to stay off the course you know the same as all sports like you know like a football you know you're not supposed to be on the pitch as the manager although Mourinho has different ideas yes, about yeah. that but you know like we have to stay off and you go somewhere like Sydney and then there's just all the boats go through the ferries go through the middle and everything and you go oh well I can just sit in the middle now no one will notice us. Just, just to pick up on something you said there when you talked about the chase boat is that when you're coaching you're 
what do you what do you, your sailor is that the, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah you're coaching them are you uh what do you just sit at the back and just hurl abuse basically and tell them what to do or how how does that work yeah 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 so well i'm on a separate boat so you're not on the same boat as them yeah yeah and obviously you go around and, and then um what sort of motors have you got on that boat what sort of motors on the back 70 horsepower okay so it's yeah for us i mean some of the faster boats they're up to 100 horsepower and you know some of the well I've, I've, I've seen the america's cup uh chase boats they can't even keep up huh? or <laughs> like, you see there's like four or five motors yeah, yeah, on, yeah. On, uh, eight in fact eight motors yeah. were on the on the back of this thing incredible yeah. but you I mean you can't keep up with those america's no those yeah. they're, they're yeah. ridiculous it's, it's like a drug runner isn't it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it probably <laughs> is that's why it's only we were just, talk, a year, we were just talking about that on our sunday show that's weren't we yeah <laughs> that's how they find it yeah in a competition yeah you can't talk to them during the racing um, any in between them um, and then when we're doing training yeah you can be up close and give them so, feedback so when you when you actually compete it's not it's not just a one-off race is it it's a series of of races is it over the course of the day so how many races are you would you normally if you were competing in the laser at the olympics how many times would you expect to race it's n- normally two is generally the plan depending on the competition and then sometimes they end up behind on races and then they're trying to squeeze more in and so we just did an event last week in Germany, for instance, and we only had three races over three days because the wind conditions were not very good, and we end up with four on the last day, which is a pretty that's a pretty big day yeah. <laughs> at the office for the guys. So that was. I mean, I mean is it uh, in terms of the course or the the route that you follow? Is it how how long does a race typically last? Yeah, for us, it's about it's from forty five minutes to an hour. Um, so. You know, if you think of that, there's, that's four of them a day. That's four four hours of racing plus all of the in between, and there's a lot of faff, I would say. You know, yeah. a lot of like in between, like where's the wind? They're trying to get sorted, and the race course is, you know, it's generally not just in the par- car park there. So it's, you have to get out to sea. And I know very little about sailing apart from watching the America's Cup and just hope that the black boat goes faster than the rest of them. <laughs> um, how when when you say you're coaching, even though between between races. What sort of advice are you getting them? Because isn't it de- so dependent on the wind of when they made the, those correct decisions when the when the wind shifts? Or, I mean, what are you, are you coaching technically? Or yeah, t- it's, it has to be mainly tactical. Yeah, well, you, you, you idiot! You should have gone. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly, you should have gone yeah. that side. I mean, uh, yeah. A lot of it's the we, yeah we talk decision about process. beforehand is like you know gather the information on what we think is going to happen, like what sort of features there are that why we think one side might be better than the other. There's a tidal effect, or because you could have a you could have a conflict with your yeah, sailor yeah. actually you say no it's going to do this you say no it's going to do that I mean no it, it happens a lot actually that yeah yeah so that's why I always ask them first what do they think <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just before you say something they go yeah. nah coach an experienced um, coach I'm, I'm, I'm glad Nathan's brought that word conflict up because we often talk on the show about the bagar. so if there's any fighting and stuff like that Jeff I'll bounce back over to you in a second about this um, Charlie presumably there is like an element of etiquette in sailing is there but i would imagine if nathan is in is i'm trying to go past nathan and i can get in front of him and sort of cut off his wind mm-hmm. and so he obviously then goes slower and i can go faster is that frowned upon i mean what how how, how does that work was it just racing line it's just it's part part of part and parcel of it yeah well it depends on the discipline i mean something like the america's cup that nature said about is is just one on one so it's just whoever gets across the line before the other so you can do whatever tactics you want slow them down play dirty yeah. whatever it yeah. is you know? it's how they got dirty dennis right it's how they got his <laughs> how he got his name <laughs> and it wasn't only on the water either yeah, well, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of that yeah there's more off the water than on the water yeah but with our class there's 
you probably, I mean, most of our events is 100 plus people. So you're still, yeah, like whilst you can slow me down, you've still got to worry about the other 100 that might go past. So um, well, it's it, about getting out in front and staying out in front, is it? Exactly, easy, isn't it? Yeah. That's basically <laughs> Guess what we're doing this weekend? Um, we're putting them out on my. I'm out, I'm out Scott the Brown, uh, <laughs> you know, moving into the world of uh, skeleton and sailing here as a professional coach. What about you, Jeff? Have you had any incidents where there's. I guess it's difficult because you are racing against yourself almost, but have you ever seen any incidents where it's all kicked off and a few uh, lads throw a few rusty ones? I haven't seen anything physical, but um, there's been v- verbal verbal uh, altercations. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, Sledgy. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes when it snows, uh, the, the track conditions change and then there become there are some sometimes some subject, subjective decisions. I suppose because it's makes. different the conditions. Yeah. It's, yeah. I guess it's not fair, isn't it? Which we always talk about in sport. That's the big thing is as long as it, uh, as long as it is fair. Um, Charlie, um, you, so you went to Union Exeter. Yeah? Yeah, that's right. That's so right. That must have been sweet. You know, Exeter, good night life. Get out. <laughs> Up early days, do some sailing in the morning, right as rain go again, was it? That'd be, hor- that'd be horrible, though. Yeah, it's coming from the road we've had here, no way. Late, late night. These warehouses, yeah. the, yeah. late, late night, then on the water. <laughs> that's, that's part of the, uh, that's the culture of sailing, yeah. It was, uh, it's all getting a bit more professional these days, but we, yeah, there were times. Uh, I think Charlie's, uh, uh, Charlie's from the same era, I'm guessing. <laughs> what about, what about <laughs> your, uh, what about your yourself jeff you know you've you've gone to an event you've met up with a few guys you like you know that's twos turned into three and it's turned into seven and then well, you don't go out for one do you then they the, <laughs> then you know the the hard liquor as the yanks like to say comes out um and then have you ever got a bit you know had a bit too much and then been on the having to go down the run the next morning or anything that's, that's, unfortunately i'm gonna have a very boring answer for yeah. you but i i've i've never Never done that. Fair play. Fair play. Fair play. Very professional. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I've, I've, I wish I had a better answer for you, but yeah, I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> Fair play. Um, Charlie, just in terms of, uh, I mean, obviously the Olympics. Come on, girls, in you come. Um, you won't get in trouble. Um, obviously, in terms of the Olympics, that's the ultimate goal. Uh, what is the process for competing for your, uh, I guess, your country in, in something like that? Is it... Um, just win the i guess the national trials is it yeah yeah so it's actually all very topical it kicks off this this summer actually is the first time you can qualify the nation so you first you have to qualify the nation i'm not sure if this i'm not sure how the other sports work but uh we have a world championships this year and there's the first 15 places are up for grabs if you finish in the top fifth well top 15 countries at the olympic at the the world championship sorry this year uh which is obviously what we're trying to do um, secures funding secures yeah 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 absolutely um, and for us it's it depends on your nation they'll then decide how if there's more than one person going for that position how, how they select that person right so for Belgium this year we've only, they've only got one sailor so the policy is if, if he gets the place he gets the ticket and he goes whereas for Finland they have three guys of a similar-ish level uh, so they'll have a trials process so it's the best the person that performs best over a combination of events so the world's the Europeans a yeah. couple of World Cup events so you could be you could be in a position where you essentially you know bring home the cheddar get that Olympic qualifying spot but not actually get mm. to go to the Olympics and it happens That's- a lot in, in nations yeah it's, it's a hard when there's a lot of good people I mean uh, the Aussies in for Tokyo had a uh, number one and two in the world right and they had to make a decision on who to send and they sent the number two. Yeah. And he won a gold medal. So okay, well, there the we right go. Choice. They got they got the, they got the right, right choice. choice. But, but the number one might have got a gold medal as well. Probably I mean, but well, yeah. 
Yeah, with, with, with stuff like that, obviously the funding is a big, big part of it. So I guess there is pressure, especially in a, you know, moving into an Olympic year. It's like we need to, you know, yeah, do, do perform well here because ultimately it's not just going to affect the rest of the year, but it's also going to affect the next Olympic cycle, isn't it? Yeah, and it's, and it's been an interesting cycle, you know, because we had we were a year behind, you know, because Tokyo got pushed back a year. Normally, there, there would be a sort of downtime or a one year where it's, people take a bit of time off and, you know, have a bit of a relax or whatever, or do something different, go back to school or have babies or whatever, and then and then get back into it. And this time, it's just full on, and it's just everyone's carried on. So yes, yeah. you know, and it's you know, it feels like we only just finished in Tokyo, and we're already getting selections for. Paris. I mean, that's that's I think going to be a real, real draw to Paris this time around because we we essentially missed out on Tokyo and haven't spoken to a few athletes. Of course, it's an amazing experience to go out there, but it's not the same when you haven't got the the crowds there. You know, it was definitely different. Yeah, I mean, I I was, I was there and it was uh, it was a shame for the guys. It was their first one, right? I mean, I, I was lucky enough. I went been to London and to Rio as well as a coach, and Rio was fantastic as you'd imagine. It was just a huge party. Uh, got to go see loads of other sports and was awesome awesome experience and then Tokyo we were locked in a hotel room and Card- <laughs> we saw, on cardboard yeah, beds and stuff car- like yeah. that how, how far out how far out from the from the shoreline are, are the are the, the boats I mean can you hear a crowd if there was a crowd in stands can you hear that or not, or not at all uh, it's not yeah it's generally not a very spectator sport they, yeah. but they've started doing at the Olympics now they have the medal race they have courses that are closer in which you can yeah. you can stand on the shore and you can you can definitely see yeah. and 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 hear and, and watch it uh, pretty easily and then the medal race they do for the so it's the top 10 on the last day which determines who gets the medals it, the course is super close in so okay. yeah you, you can you can really I mean in Tokyo it was Actually, it was easier to be on land watching it than it was on the water because yeah. you got a better view. Yeah, but you could hire one of these boats, of course, for the party with the DJ and the. Yeah, 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 yeah. And get 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 thirty or forty on here, and away you go. Yeah. Not Monaco, mate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, I'm not talking a yacht. I'm talking about the party. But I'm thinking of the yeah. Gold Coast. What they do, they have there, they go yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, Charlie, sure. chuck us, uh, chuck us some. Uh, the, this goes to the pair of you. We'll bounce over. Chuck us some jargon. Throw me some jargon for the old sailing. A, f- a cool word. A cool, a word. Well, I, I I thought about this and then I came up with a joke instead, which I didn't. Know. Well, I see how your viewers thought of this one. Okay. Uh, what what's a uh, Long, black, hard, and full of semen. Submarine. Oh, there you go. You already know that one. <laughs> Too easy. <laughs> this ain't my first rodeo, bud, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, you're getting sweating over there, Jeff, are you? Jeff, I've, I've got a question for you, Jeff. I've got a question for you because I've just recently I've been asking my ten-year-old uh, daughter what she's been taking a little bit of interest in the show, and she's been saying, and I said, look, g- you give me the question, and I'll and and I'll ask the guests, and I said I've got someone on the skeleton, which I told her what it is, and then I should be showed a picture of 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 you on your uh, on, on on the skeleton, and she said, I've got a question for him. How many people does it take to get your uh, tight light car on? <laughs> Some, yeah, she's, some, she's only ten. She asked some absolutely phenomenal questions, and I thought, "Gee, well, kids, so just say how it is." Just say how it is. Yeah, so, it's common to ask for help putting it on. It's common. Yeah. To, so, so what, what's how, how, how many of you? What's what's the maximum? Two, two, yeah, two. two, yeah. There we go, Harriet. Depends two. if you've had a big, you know, big gym <laughs> session. Gym maybe session. a couple of more. We went <laughs> couple more. position of each. Yeah, who's <laughs> <laughs> standing where? Um, Charlie, we uh, well, uh, I mean, uh, one of the questions I asked if obviously if the uh, the girls have had a go at it, but we uh, we do ask a couple of funny. Funny questions on the uh, on the show. Um, has Jeff had his questions? Yeah, yeah, he's okay. had his questions. He got a couple of belt and okay. Answers. Well, we won't we won't give it away. Jeff. No, no. We'll... Um, but in terms of your uh, 
part of sport these days is you know nobody can sit still so it's trying to build up the crowd it's trying to engage the crowd now this would be an absolute nightmare if you've got a hundred people about to uh you know compete in an event but if you were competing and you had to pick a uh, a soundtrack or a piece of music or a song that you would be announced to and and i wouldn't say walk out to because you can't walk out to your boat but you know that they would know that you were on the on the water what would it be uh, I mean, Eye of the Tiger obviously comes first to mind, but I don't know that that would... Uh... You would go for it. I'll go for it. And we've not had Eye of the Tiger yet, I don't think, I don't to be think, fair. Yeah. No, That's the first one that comes to mind. Yeah, I'll give that one a go, yeah. And obviously, we know that Jeff, if we have a big party... Um, he's going to rock up in all his spandex and the helmet and everything so we won't know who he is. <laughs> what, what would you bowl up in? It doesn't have to be a sailing outfit. It could be a favourite football shirt. I don't know. You know, a piece of sporting memorabilia. Uh, basically, well, first thing, I think I, I remember when I was at university, I went to a cricket match and we went dressed as scuba divers and we went in like full wetsuit and then the the fins and the fins. mask and snorkel. And it, oh, there yeah, you I go. think that would be, yeah, yeah, be good. Yeah, that would be good. I mean, if it was, you know, in the 30 degrees. Well, that's a, a, a head turner, isn't it? Yeah, that's what, that's what it's all about. I told you about the, I've said this one before, yeah. but I went to Couple of, uh, a couple of years ago I was on a good stag do up in Headingley at the cricket mm-hmm. and uh, there's a place called the Western Terrace which is it's always rammed and it's notorious for stag do's everyone gets well licked up and then all of a sudden everyone starts cheering bearing in mind England are playing India so very you know it's good, 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 good match to be watching and this fella is dressed up as this pig <laughs> and starts running down the stand and then running along and you've got 10,000 people there, everyone's going absolutely mad and then you've got 25 blokes running after him all dressed as butchers and stuff and <laughs> the stand is making that much noise everyone even the players all turn around to be like to see what's going on but yeah that's, that's a good one the old scuba dives I tell you were sweating something serious yeah. well, it was yeah I bet it wasn't I bet it wasn't uh, I bet it wasn't oxygen in the old tank on your back was it you know <laughs> no, no, you've got to stay rehydrated these things don't you? that's important <laughs> But um, I mean, Nathan's talked about the the America's Cup. Is that the is that the I guess the the holy grail of sailing these days? Is it or yeah, it's still. I think it's still. Well, I mean, whether it's a stepping stone, it's a thing on from the Olympics. But uh, yeah, we were based in New Zealand for seven years, and it was a huge thing there. That the the all the Olympic guys then went into the America's Cup, and actually, the America's Cup is probably bigger there, and well, it's as big as rugby. And it's uh, I think it's getting a bigger status. America's Cup now. They've done a good job on the profile of it and making it more exciting. They're getting girls into it. That they have to have a girl on each boat, and. Um, you know the, the graphics that they're bringing in, like Oracle's doing a great job with this stuff. Phenomenal, like phenomenal. Yeah. And what, what they did of going back to was it San Francisco? Uh, no, when it was in America. Yeah, San uh, so San yeah. Fran, and they and Team New Zealand. Or I think they they all, all followed suit, didn't they? They actually had cyclists. Yeah. Down yeah, in yeah. the what do you call that? There we go. Yeah. In the pit. Yeah. Uh, in the pit they, they, cycling to get the to get the the sail up. Oh, yeah. really? Well, yeah, because they need to get it up pretty quick, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're going to do it by hand or you're going to do it by sight? So you get these track cyclists that they just threw in the pit. Go, yeah, yeah. right, boys, go. Yeah. Unbelievable. Usual, usual Kiwi engineering there. They went, well, you're a lot bigger with your legs than you are with your arms. So like, S- simple stuff. Your legs, like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Very interesting. And w- w- when's, when, when's a Brit going to win the America's Cup? Oh, Ainsley's trying. He's yeah. doing his best. He's trying. He's uh, well, he's, he's winning. I mean, a few he's fans. that household name, isn't he? He's, you know, he's winning a few um, fans down under. That's for sure. They're taking yeah, him under the wing. He's good. I mean, it's, you know, so we're, uh, we're the Stanley joke of the world with this thing that we invented a sport that we then a number of sports. A number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, all right. You give me an. A number. Of, this, this we've got the worst record of that we created a sport 185 years ago and then never won it again. No, I mean, that, that is a staggering. Statistic. Basically, that's the UK in a 
a nutshell, isn't it? Well, yeah. the UK are doing very well in sailing at the, at the minute, to be no, fair. He's given, he's given it a good go. I mean, yeah. we've, we've been, you know, the Brits have been top sailing nation at the games a lot. They just, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of getting the right people in there. And it's all technology now. You know, you've yeah. got to have the thing that's, it's just got to be quicker. Like yep. it doesn't overly matter who's who's driving it and who's on it. It's it, you've got to get the package right. Yeah, oh, it's like Formula One, isn't it? You yeah. know, Max is killing everyone because his car's faster. Yeah. I mean, yes, he's a good driver as well, but it helps when you go one mile an hour quicker. Huh? You've got, uh, <laughs> yeah, you've got red cliff. If you could, uh, if you could change one thing in sailing, what would it be? A rule. Uh, well, we talked about this. Uh, Windsurfing, which is another concept of sailing where they stand on the board and they hold on to it. They, they used to do this series where they did it indoors with fans, just blowing winds onto them. And then it was all done in there. And I think if you could put, if you could control the weather and you could control the winds, I think it would just, it would save so much time and make it actually more appealing. And you could put it indoors and people could watch it and you could have a drink and sit in the grandstands and it would be right next yeah. to you. I think it'd yeah. make it so it's much more interesting. Hold on, throw the beer up. And, yeah. Yeah. and what, what about yourself, Jeff? Is there anything you would change? It's amazing. In, in it's something similar because we, conditions affect our, our sliding also. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we've often talked about having a, an indoor sliding facility where the elements were con- so tightly controlled and, it would be more athlete against athlete, and and uh, the weather uh, weather factor wouldn't wouldn't be there so much. So yeah, it's it's some very interesting. It's, it's uh, funny because we yeah. we we often talk to a lot of um, people from different sports, and I think it's fair to say all four of us in here are from more minority sports. You know, when you compare it to something like football, so we are all, I guess, scrapping to try and you know get more people into the sport. More people into sport means more funding, more funding, more medals, more uh, more a bigger profile for the sport. So that's quite interesting to hear how you could you know if you could change something because ultimately you want to make it more appealing to not to the purist but to the average joe who you know think oh yeah i'll go down and watch it and maybe i could have a you know a couple of beers or something like that gents thank you so much for uh for joining us this evening time flies time flies when you're having fun jeff this is you're officially the craziest that's been in the studio charlie you're officially (laughs) the funniest (laughs) you'll be back we'll have you back. back on we'll have you back on um we have talked about absolutely no domestic sport which is what we normally do on this show the one thing i will say is this weekend rcl will have a second bite at the cherry they've got their playoff match against housenstam that's up at um Sessange at two o'clock. Uh, if you want to go up for a few beers, there'll be a barbecue and a hog roast going on up there. Go and cheer the boys on. It'd be great to have them back up in the uh, first division. And the king and queen of court. I think Absolutely, king and queen of the court. court, which kicks off today. Kicks off, hits off, volleys off. I don't know. Uh, down at the cock, uh, men's and women's, or king and queen of the court, as we said. You've got a lot of superstars from all over the world. It sort of follows a different volleyball format. Definitely worth getting down to. It's quite an impressive setup. It's almost like. I guess do you it's ever like a little stadium. It's like a little stadium. Yeah, but do you know when you ever watch do you ever watch jousting? You know? No. no. You know you've no. seen the movies where like no. jousting and have the different tiers? That's the first That's how time I would describe That's the first time you haven't brought up movies yeah. uh, under an um, Anyway, as always, you can check out the rest of the team uh, tomorrow from 6 o'clock. You've got Sam Steen. From lunchtime at 12, you've got Stephen Steps Low. And then you've got Melissa Dalton with the home stretch from 4 o'clock. And don't forget Dave Burrows and his DB3 sessions and also Sarah Tapp with her hangover session. Uh, Gents, thanks again. Until next time, it's Chur. Chur. Chur!